Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocube Girlist. Today, my friends, is a very special ha, internet day. Combining something, one thing and one thing only, that I brought back from the internet with the day of Friday, which is, let's face it, everyone's not necessarily favorite day, but probably as far as work days are concerned, assuming, of course, that you have Saturday off, probably your favorite work day. Something, I should say, at the top of every show, although the necessariness of it on a fry internet day, I feel, is not very necessary, huh? Is a sort of spoiler warning. I do not try to censor myself for the reason that that is difficult to do, and as I say to all the kiddies out there listening, if work is hard, don't do it. I also burp in their faces and then blow. Like that. I don't like them. Kids these days. Back in my day, we used to pay a million dollars to listen to a podcast. <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. The only payment we asked was that perhaps we pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps... We rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helped podcasts grow and flourish and still be around today. Hmm, yes, that is what has happened. Uh, I think that will take us into our last piece of podcast-related business. Short preamble today, because i got a lot to talk about. Last piece of business, though is today's sponsor, which is a, um online debate. Huh, that's interesting. We're about to talk about an online debate, and the sponsor is another different, it's totally 100% separate online debate. Very, very curious. The debate between uh, Bill Nye for bow ties versus Ken Ham for no mustache beards. Once again, today's sponsor is the debate between Bill Nye for bow ties versus Ken Ham for no mustache beards. Thank you for sponsoring this. Uh, it's nice of you to do so. Furthering somehow, some way, my theme of exploring atheism versus religion, I have brought back something that, if you are at all aware of popular things on the internet, this is probably something that has popped onto your radar. It is, of course, Bill Nye, a.k.a. the science guy, debating a uh, Ken Ham, a.k.a. a religious person. And uh, it just sort of exploded onto the interwebs and uh, garnered more views than, well, lots of things. More views than Jesus, you might say? <laughs> uh, you might say that, actually. 
Uh, I love just that little fact right there. The debate is amazing, but the fact that uh, it got so much sort of publicity and people watching it uh, really makes me think that perhaps, perhaps we are actually headed in the right direction. And that direction, of course, is away from religion. Folks, if you have not noticed in my episodes, which you may not if you don't listen to everyone, uh, I have a slightly anti-religious bias, so I'm obviously going to be on the side of Bill and I on this one which is, of course, the correct side, for the reason of science. Uh, One of my favorite sort of sayings around the whole religion versus science debate is that, uh, I I know I heard it from Pendulet, I don't know if he originally originated this little quote, and that is, the quickest way to turn someone from a religious person to a scientific person is to have them read the Bible, (laughs) which I have done for the most part. Uh, It got a little too difficult and uh, ridiculous, so I kind of did give up a little bit. I probably, and this is a bit of a brag, which I don't do on the podcast basically ever, so allow me this once, I probably know more of the Bible than most people who call themselves religion, religious. Your average churchgoer uh, probably has less biblical actual knowledge of the Bible than myself, which I think is one of the reasons that I am an atheist. Just sort of on that note, this debate will further point you in the sort of scientific direction. Uh, Ken Ham, he was well-spoken. One thing I did very, very much appreciate from Ken Ham here is normally when it is uh, a religious person debating their points, they'll get very, very animated and angry and just uh, emotional. But he he never really did that. Uh, I imagine and maybe possibly it peaked out a little bit that he was getting a little annoyed with Bill Nye, but uh, hit it very, very well. And uh, I I do want to say that I do appreciate that, that he did try to keep it uh, as much as a religious person can on an intellectual level. So uh, good on him. He is, this is another sort of fascinating thing of this debate, he is working for this, or the founder of, I can't remember which, uh, this creationist museum. And the fact that a museum can exist devoted to creationism, uh, that that in itself, another sort of mind-boggling fact. And this debate was actually factually taking place at this museum, which was in Kentucky. So, goddamn Bill Nye got some friggin' testicles on him, man. To go to Kentucky, let alone creationist museum and debate religion versus science. Uh, uh, Just amazing that he would go do that. So proud of him. (laughs) I hope, like me, uh, you grew up with Bill Nye. We used to, in science class, not every day by any means, but uh, it was sort of, it always felt like a special occasion when that uh, TV on the trolley with the VCR. Uh I'm from the VCR age, people would get rolled into class and we'd watch a little Bill Nye the Science guy on our video cassette recorder. Lovely. 
Okay, so uh, so far I've basically gone without even glancing at my notes, but my notes are long, large, luxurious, so I think the girth of my notes has the potential to make this a longer than normal episode, alright? So, what I'm going to do now is stop and get a little breakfast, and then... <laughs> because I love you, I will edit that out. I'm gonna leave that sneeze in, because who doesn't love a good sneeze sound? And then uh, we'll come back and hop into the notes. How about that for a plan? Well, it's the plan I'm going with. So regardless of if you said it was a good plan or a bad plan, it is the only plan. So I will be back in a moment after edit, edit, editing this out. Editing. 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 Uh... again. Don't know when I'll be back again. Oh boy, that was the on the road again. The remix! Oh, two sneezes in a matter of minutes. That's not a good sign. What is also not a good sign is that Ken, Pam, got to go first. I guess coin toss. Apparently going first in a debate means you have an advantage. Although I would think it would be the other way around, because then you would get to hear what the first guy got to say and could sort of change what you were going to say based on what he said. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, one thing that Ken Ham was trying to really, really argue the point of is that science had, sorry, uh, scientists and secularists had taken, as if they had snuck in in the middle of the night and stolen the word science. Whereas he believes that creationists should also be allowed to use the word science, which I, I think if you're arguing from a point right off the bat, and this is one of your main points, and that main point is that this magical thing that I am saying is in fact science, uh, <laughs> that is not a strong foot to start off on. Uh, another point that Ken Ham was arguing is that a lot of it had to do with sort of properly, according to him, labeling things, like... Uh, science versus historical science. So the science of doing things in a lab that you can see as you are doing them versus the science of, say, fossils, where he is saying it is the science of history, so uh, what, we have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess, because it's not something we can, <laughs> we can actually factually witness. So his argument, basically, is that we should not have faith in our science. We should, however, obviously, have faith in an invisible god living in the clouds. <laughs> that is his argument. Oh my god. Okay, so, Bill, in his scientific manner, liked to use Noah as an example of unrealistically unrealistic, and uh, he used just actual factual numbers and math uh, oh, you know what I should mention at this point is that Ken Ham was using the Old Testament to go by, which if you know <laughs> at all the Old Testament, that's going to make his job even harder. And uh, the fact that he has decided to take the Old Testament as actual, factual, true facts just means that he is basically insane. For example, uh, Noah, the story of Noah. We all know the sort of underlying story that a angry god decided that uh, human beings 
were not good and should be wiped from the face of the earth. So, had seven human beings build an ark under the guise of Noah. On this ark were 14,000 animals, and over the course of a year, all plant life was underwater, and yet somehow survived. Which, if you know anything about plants, if they are underwater for any length of time, let alone a year, they will all die. So that's one fact right there. The ark was made of wood, which, if you know anything of wood and shipbuilding, which apparently Bill Nye now does, <laughs> would not work just from a pure physics standpoint that it wouldn't be strong enough to be large enough to carry all of these animals and all of their supplies. So those two points were just some little tidbits that I took away from each of their openings. And that's kind of what I've done here, is that I've watched the whole, I think it was like two-hour debate, and then just sort of here and there picked out little tidbits that amused my brain. Because you have to, otherwise you'll go crazy, have a sort of underlying amusement uh, at these religious folk. Because if you think too long and hard about the fact that these people actually factually believe these things, it will drive you insane. Uh, another thing that Ken Ham seemed to want to dwell upon is that there exists on this globe actual uh, biblical creationist scientists. So these are people who are scientists working in various fields who actually believe in the creation myth of Adam and Eve and, and the Bible as being the literal truth. So one thing Bill never did at this point which I was kind of surprised, is point out the fact that, sure, there may exist out there scientists who believe in the Bible, but they are in the vast, vast, vast minority and are sort of laughed upon, laughed at by their fellow scientists and not taken seriously. And it could go so far as having these views would ruin a potentially successful scientific career. Now, Ken Ham argues that there exists out there many, many scientists who believe in the Bible but are scared to come forward for the reason that they would become um, outcasts. Almost like Ken Ham believes should happen to homosexuals because he believes that uh, homosexuality is wrong. So, yeah, almost along those same lines. Oh, boy. Ken Ham argues that all scientific evidence can be uh, interpreted into, well, I guess maybe not even two, but can be interpreted in two different ways. One, the way in which science is actually interpreting it as it stands today, and then one in which these creationists are interpreting the science. And this is a point that uh, Bill had problems with uh, repeatedly tried to get Ken Ham to answer to, but he never really did. And that was the fact that we should, the fact that Ken Ham believes we should take his creationist views as more, let's just say, likely as all of these scientists' views, and could never really back up why that is the case, why we should trust his views over that of scientists. That made me think of the flying spaghetti monster. Uh, and why don't I just believe the views put forth by the flying spaghetti monster versus science? I mean, 
Uh, I'm just about at work, so I'm going to have to wrap this up for now, but I'll definitely be back. Ken Ham, Ken Ham ended this section talking about how the Bible provided our moral compass, which, if you've read uh, or listened to my podcast about The God Delusion by Mr. Richard Dawkins, you will know that that is ridiculous. If the Bible provides our morals... Why are we not stoning women who commit adultery? Just as a sort of an example. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. That's a little blasphemy to end our talk here. Uh, I will definitely be back because I've got a shit ton of notes. A uh, shit ton. I will say, as I like to do from time to time, that I love you, Jerry's. I'm a fool to do your dirty working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Potentially, all this anti-religious talk has led to a horrible drive home where the snows are piling up. That is probably, if we are going to go by Ken Ham's example, the most logical explanation for this. The magical man in the sky doesn't like what I'm saying because he is a vengeful magical man in the sky. Ah, boy. Here's a, here's a good one from Bill Nye. Uh, going up north, was it North Pole or South Pole? Going to one of the poles, I do not recall which, I believe it was north, scientists have taken core samples of the snow, as they do. They love their samples, those scientists. The core samples have shown scientists, scientists that use their eyes to see this evidence that there has been 60, sorry, 680,000 layers of snow. Each layer of snow indicates a uh, winter and summer cycle. So that is winter into spring, into summer, into fall, back into winter. And each of those layers is one of those cycles. Oh, pretty simple, right? Right? It's almost like uh, rings on a tree, which uh, also we can mention in a second. So, in order for Ken Ham's biblical reasoning to be correct, that the world is only, oh shit, what is it, 6,000 years old, we would have had to had each year Oh, did I even write it down? Sorry, 4,000 years would mean that each year we would have to have 170 different winter-summer cycles. Which, I live in Canada, <laughs> so if anyone's going to see these winter-summer cycles happen 170 times, it's going to be me, and I have not seen that yet. Sometimes it feels like it when it gets hot and then goes to not, but no. Yeah, but no. Okay, so I also mentioned trees, which is sort of in the same vein. And uh, on this earth, there exist trees that are 6,000 years old. So for the earth to be 4,000 years old and have upon it trees that are 6,000 years old is impossible. So why would you even consider the possibility, despite all evidence, that this is not the case? There are, in fact, trees on Earth 
or one in particular that is 9,000 years old. And that right there is just a cool fact, regardless of whatever we're talking about. Uh, another point for Bill Nye is that he said there has never been a fossil of, say, a, uh, an early species, like a trilobite, next to, geologically speaking, to something like a horse or a dog, or, or uh, as he would say, I guess, like a higher organism, which again indicates that many, many years have passed between these lower organisms that evolved into higher organisms. Oh, yeah. And not once has there been evidence that does not support this fact. Interesting. Uh, eventually, Bill Nye was trying to hammer in to Ken Ham one point and sort of repeatedly came back to it almost ad nauseum, but it was such a good point that I suppose he liked to use it because there's no way that Ken Ham can get around it. And that is the fact that using science, using scientific process, we are able to predict future happenings by what has happened in the past. Religion has never been able to use things that have happened in the past to predict things that'll happen in the future. So that right there has got, has got to, please, 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 has got to lead you to believe that science is correct because it is able to predict things that will happen and religion is not able to do that. It's sort of a very, very simple, logical thing that you can put in your brain and have it make sense, regardless of what you are arguing. Arguing? Yeah, regardless of what you are arguing. That is a simple, logical, anyone's brain can take step, no? I hope? Maybe? Uh, I like that Bill kept it, for the most part, uh, free of emotion. He, he would even throw in the odd joke which uh, I appreciate, <laughs> and my God, that was a tough crowd for him. I think there was people who came out to support him, which is nice, and you could tell there were some, some Bill backers there, but uh, overall, his jokes didn't go over too well to the majority of the crowd, who probably hate his very existence. Anyways, uh, what I was saying is, one thing that he did get, not emotional, but you could tell he was really passionate about, and that is, he worries about the future don't we all? Uh, he worries that people, or to broaden it even further, if a generation of peoples start to believe in unscience of creationism, it will lead to a generation of, for lack of a better word, idiots. Now folks, uh, this drive is getting so bad that I'm going to have to focus on it which is not something I've had to do in a very, very long time. But uh, I am slipping and sliding all over the place. And to be 100% honest with you, not having a very good time. Fear has entered my mind. It doesn't help that someone behind me who is in a truck that no doubt has four-wheel drive and drive and potentially even snow tires is riding my ass. And I, who have two-wheel drive and no snow tires, am sliding all over. So I don't think that is fair. Okay, so I've stopped sliding a little bit. I think it was the giant hill I was going up was not helping. Potentially, I can continue. Uh, yeah, so be, uh, be <laughs> Bill Nye's plea to the young people 
is to not leave behind science. Because if we have a generation of people who do not know and understand science, it's going to put humanity back as a goddamn whole. And that thought frightens me so much. One of the reasons, and this is not something I should get into for the reason that I think it pisses the messes off a little bit. One of the reasons that I don't want to have kids is for fear of the future. A future in which the outlook right now, as I see it, is bleak. A lot of the reasons is because of idiots and religion and things like that that I see worsening the world rather than improving it. So if we end up with this generation of people who do not believe in science, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Let's just uh, put it put it that way. Uh, something he tried to... <laughs> and uh, I think this is, is almost a very American way of phrasing this, and that it's that he points out that if these people are not getting into science at all, it will mean that the economy of the United States will worsen. So really hitting them where it hurts, right? In the old pocketbook. So, and you've started to see this already, I'm sure, that uh, technological jobs moving out of the States into uh, China, Japan, places like that. So, and that's where the future is. So if those types of jobs are no longer available in your country for the reason that people are not exploring the sciences, for the reason that they believe in a book written thousands of years ago is the actual word of a being that lives in the clouds, well, then we get ourselves a bit of a problem brewing, right? Right. So this is a, was like, serious debate in that they had openings, they had rebuttals, they had counter-rebuttals. Oh, you know what I should have written down is the guy who was moderating the, the debate. He did a very, very good job. He didn't let anyone go over time. Uh, he seemed to be impartial. He also was cracking wise pretty good, so uh, I liked him for that reason. I think momentarily a giant truck is going to want to pass me. I am in the slow lane going 60 kilometers an hour, which I feel is a safe speed at these road conditions. Normally, I would be going probably 90-ish. Speed limit is 80 on the road that I am on. I don't know. Maybe he's he's, he's not going to do it. I think because I'm kind of driving in the middle of the road. But that's where the friggin' only place I could see the road is in the middle of the road. You ever have that? It's two lanes, and I'm mostly in the left line, in the right lane. But whoever was driving ahead of me, all these people who have made tracks in the snow, have been sort of all over the place. Oh, he is going to pass me. Damn it. And on a hill, no less. Oh, terrific. All right. He picked a good spot to do it, I'll admit, because uh, it was a spot where the lanes did sort of separate. So not too bad. Oh, boy. Uh, another good point Bill made, and it's one that I've never actually put any conscious thought into or in any of my religious readings or listenings or watchings of things, but uh, we are to believe, instead of science, according to Ken Ham, instead of science, the uh, translated word from a book that is thousands of years old into American English. Have you ever played the game Broken Telephone? where a bunch of kids sit around and say, whisper a thing into the ear of the kid next to them, and by the time you get to the end, what is said is totally different from the beginning. 
Now imagine playing broken telephone for thousands of years, and might I add that the languages are different that it is played in. Imagine that. And then we're supposed to believe that, okay, well, yeah, yeah, but still, we should trust this. We should trust this word of God. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, so, uh, there was much more said in this talk than what I have spoken of here. That was sort of just little, little poppets that, while listening, I wrote down. Um, that was the main body of the talk that I had pulled poppets from. The rest here I have is just a Q&A, questions and answers, if you prefer. So let me see what some of the Qs are, and perhaps I will remember what some of the A's were to the Qs. Um, how does creationism account for uh, celestial bodies? Okay, so Ken Ham's answer was that God made the stars for his glory. Okay, well, end of discussion, right? <laughs> Part of the reasoning of that question is that we know, through science, that uh, a lot of the stars we see in the sky are billions of years old. Uh, a lot of the light traveling from these stars has been traveling for billions of years. So, for God to create the quote-unquote heavens and do so 4,000 years ago is quite a feat. It's quite a mean feat. And for his glory, no less. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. Bill Nye had a couple of tough questions uh, that, to be 100% fair, he did not have answers for for the reason that there are no yet scientific answers for them. Like, where did the atoms come from that were in the Big Bang? Or how did the Big Bang start? Or what was before the Big Bang? All sort of things along those lines. Uh, something that he didn't use, that I would have used in that case, is the argument that things that have not been explained by science are just things that have not yet been explained by science, is the way I like to look at it. Like, there were, there was, there was a time, and times not even too long ago, where things we thought of as magic, things we thought of, or rather had no answers for how they worked, we now do. Those, those, those sort of things are innumerable. And the longer we human beings as a species use science to try to discover answers for these things, the more answers we have for these things. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of of a mind that's just a matter of time. And <laughs> I, I think this might be a Chris Hardwick joke, maybe I'm misremembering, that science has never had to change because of something that religion has found, whereas religion has constantly had to sort of change ideas and precepts and things it has said for the reason that science has proved them incorrect. Is there evidence besides the word of the Bible that supports creationism? Um, <laughs> what was his answer for that? Mm, okay, you know what? We're, we're going to try to balance the scales a little bit here and just say I don't remember what his answer was and I didn't write it down. So, you know, there's another reason for you to go check this out to see what sort of bullshit he had to say there. Okay, I think, and I'm kind of surprised that I managed to do this in a drive to and from work. I thought I would uh, have more to talk about. I think it is the fear of this driving condition that has um, stilled my tongue a little bit, a little bit. But uh, 
I'm going to leave off with my favorite, absolute, absolute favorite part of this entire talk. And it was a question. And we're going to leave this talk once I say this question and what each of their answers were. Okay? That'll be the end of this. The end of this very, very deep, not amusing at all Fra Internet Day episode. Oh my god. I promise that next Fra Internet Day I will try to bring back lots of funny and stupid things. Okay? Deal? He waits for an answer questioningly. The question posed was, what, if anything, would change your mind? Now, the answers from each were more verbose than I am going to say here. There was more detail. They went, more words were thrown about. But I have boiled them down each into one word. And I think they would allow me this fact. Well, maybe Ken Ham, but no, he would actually. Yeah, he would. Ken Ham's answer to what would change your mind about the existence of God and that he created everything is nothing. Nothing would change his mind. Bill Nye's answer to what would make you disbelieve all of your science and believe in the one true God as told in the Bible, his answer was anything. Any evidence would change his mind. That, folks, is the end of our talk here. I will say one final thing, which I always say as my final thing, and that is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.